Warren Buffett once said, the more you learn, the more you earn. Warren Buffett, one of the wealthiest humans on the planet, is famous for reading more than five hours every day. Bill Gates reads one book per week. Mark Cuban, three hours a day. Oprah, well, she's just obsessed with books. Notice the common theme here? Successful people never stop learning. You're trying to get your freedom. You're trying to learn how to read. You're trying to escape. Uh-uh. It's Saturday and it's 8 a.m., folks. It's that time. Time for the 8 a.m. blog talk book club. Let's go, folks. It's time to stimulate the mind. Time to hear thought-provoking words. When we read, your imagination improves. You become smarter. It reduces the stress. Yes, that's right. It reduces the stress. Let's go, folks. Good morning, everybody. Mic check. Mic check. Y'all text me and let me know if you hear me. <laughs> well, no, don't text me because then, you know, just if if you don't text me, that means you hear me. All right? So good morning, everybody. It's Tony Fleming. This is our 7, I'm sorry, this is our 8 a.m. book club call. We do this call every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern. Uh, it is 7 a.m. Central and 5 a.m. Pacific. And on this call, we talk about a particular book, which uh, which is a new book that we're reading. It's actually a new old book, because we've actually read this book three times, I think. Well, this was probably our third time uh, since the book came out uh, on the book club. So, um, But it's Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill, Outwitting the Devil by Mr. Napoleon Hill, and Sharon Lecter also. Um and yeah, we're gonna we're gonna actually go through this book like we go through the rest of them, you know, um, and take our time and do it right, as SOS says. Take your time and do it right. And uh, we're gonna be highlighting some things, talking about some things, and hopefully have you know a few people come on on the book club and talk about some of the things that actually uh, moved them or some things that you know that was important to them that they read. You know, this this whole book. Is an excellent book. Um, you know, I I don't know what's going on in society now, but you know, they're kind of pushing books away. And when people don't want to read, um, and I'm telling you, reading is fundamental. I mean, reading is. And I listen to a bunch of audios. I tell you, I listen to a bunch of, but it doesn't be reading. I don't care what anybody says. You know, I listen to audios all the time. Been listening to them for years. I have audios. You know. Listen to them all all the time. When I'm walking, when I'm out, when I'm all the time feeding my mind, starving my doubts. But it's nothing like getting focused and taking uh, a few minutes a day. Let's say you take you break down the book. This is how you can do it mentally if you want to, because you know you look at a book, you say, "Oh, that's a big book." You break it down to, you know, five pages a day, and just say, "I'm gonna read five pages of this book," you know, regardless, and then I'm gonna stop. You don't have to read any more than that. If you break that down, I guess if you look at, let's see, how many pages in here? 250, let's say that, 240 or something. Five a day, that means uh, 30 days in a month, 150. You can easily do this in a month and a half or two. You know, we're going to have this book out for that long, you know what I'm saying? Now, if you want to go to 10, you can't. But I think what happens is when we go to more pages, we get more stressed out. 
and then we don't want to read because we're thinking, i got to do 10 pages a day, i got to do 20. Just say five. Just break it down. Each day, don't, don't go to sleep until you read those five pages. Don't go to sleep until you've done it. You know, that's that's the simple way of doing it. And I'm saying, you know, you can take it up to whatever you want, but what happens when you take those numbers up a lot of times, we get kind of, we don't realize what we're doing. We're stressing ourselves, you know, to try to get us to force us to do some stuff that we really don't want to do because most people don't want to read anyway. Now, if you're a reader and you want to read, go ahead. That's the rarity that get on this call here. That's the rarity people say that people, you know, then we, we'll put on the audio or something. We'll say we're listening. And a lot of times we're not focused on that. We're driving and phone ring and, you know, all kind of stuff happening. You're not, you know, it's almost like a, uh, and I'm not telling people don't get the audio to the book because we got people who do it, you know. Uh, we got people who get the audio and the book. They do both. But I could bet you this, if they're doing both, <laughs> they're doing more of the audio than the book. <laughs> I put everything I have on it. If anybody tells me that, which I know people do, I think I got the audio of this book somewhere around the house. You know, I got it five or six years ago. Maybe I had it in the car, you know, when they had CDs in the car, CD players. Um, some of y'all said, well, I still got a CD player in my car. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But yeah, that's a, that's how you could do it, you know. But I'm telling you, I don't. Nothing is better than reading, and I know that society is pushing this thing away. They're pushing reading away to, to, um, you know, one or two words. On I, I notice if I if I do a, uh, you know, seven lines or something on Facebook, most people ain't gonna read it. Now, if I do two lines, you read it. <laughs> So imagine trying to get people to read a book, which is insane. And you know, that's the only way we're going to change our thoughts. we got to change. That's the only way we're going to do that. We can't get – that's the only way we're going to get new information. Where else are you going to get it from? You're going to say the Internet or you're going to say television or – you know what's, what's so crazy is I, I posted this the other day that some of these books have been out 50 years, 60 years, and this information is there – and you got people who have been reading these books and using it to become very successful, also using it to compete against me. And so they got more knowledge than I have, and I'm out here, and it's like, these books been there, man. And, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> society doesn't talk about them. They don't put them in the rather You see that, and then you see. And then once you interview successful people who have won big in business and life, and then or you go to their home or something, you see these bookshelves, and, you, and they'll say, well, I read this book and read that book and read this. You don't hear that, like, on the news. They're not telling you, oh, here's the book of the moment. You know, they say, no, here's the crime of the moment. Let me show you how many folks got killed. Let me show you, as a matter of fact, how many black folks killing people. Let me show you that. You know, let me show your kids that so they can have an image, because, you know, image creates perception. So they can have an image of who they are. Let me show them going into projects, killing each other, and, you know, let me show that. But, and then, you know, your favorite TV shows, I, 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 I don't think there's any, you know, section on, on that sitcom or on that, you know, thing that you watch, whatever. They say, hey, I mean, I can't even think of some stars in any of the shows 
Y'all might, because y'all watch a lot of those shows, you might want to tell me that in, in any shows that you watch from, you name it, and I don't want it all the way back from, <laughs> all the way back from Sanford and Son to Andy Griffin, all the way up to Ozark to Fifty Shades or whatever, uh, all it, back to everything, every movie, where is it? section in the movie or the TV show where you get the, the lead character that everybody looks says, man, I'm reading this book here. And I'm, man, this book here has changed my life. Man, it, and, and what's so crazy is if you talk to them off screen, off the music that they wrote, they'll tell you the books that changed their life. They'll tell you the books that they read. They'll tell you the things. <laughs> but society as a whole ain't not going to feed that to you. They don't want you knowing that. They you know, capitalism doesn't work that way. Capitalism is, you know, we if you figure out the rules and how to play it, more power to you. But guess what? We're not about to tell you the rules. We're not about to show it to you. Now, if you go figure it out, hey, more, more power to you. But if you don't, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, tough luck. All right, so I'm going to start reading today. Okay, replay number 712-432-1085, and the same pin code, 783357-POUND, and you can go out on the podcast for uh, a lot of podcast platforms, Apple, iTunes, you know, all those um, platforms, and you can break her, and you can get all the calls. Everything that's, that we've talked about in the last the 80-some calls that we've done so far, uh, they're loaded on the podcast. When I say folks, so far, I mean ever since we started the podcast format, they're there. And again, if you don't know how to do it, you don't have the technical skills to go to iTunes or to Breaker or to whatever, send me a text, 678-644-4541, 678-644-4541, and I will send you the link. And all you got to do is click on the link, and the the last call will be there, and then you can just scroll down and click on any one of those, and, it, and it'll shoot it back up to the top, and you can just listen to any of them. You can share that link. You can just let me know. Let me know if you want the information. If you don't, don't worry about it. But if you do and you like it, share it. And also write a review for me, please. Thank you. All right, so we're going to start on page two today of the book, and I'm going to start at the bottom of the book, as y'all want me to tell you some of this stuff, you know, tell me where, okay, we'll, we'll be coming from Ecclesiastics. <laughs> no, we starting that on page two, and that's the, uh, you know, the chapter one where it says my first meeting with Andrew Carnegie. Um, and at the bottom where it says the last paragraph at the bottom of page two, um, you know, here's a challenge with the book too. I don't know what which versions you all have, and and page two might be a different page two for you. But I'm starting at where it says there are millions of people in the world. So, all right, so he says here, there are millions of people in the world who have not the slightest conception of the causes of success and failure. Don't. Because if you talk to millions of people in the world, they'll tell you the... Uh, what gives you success and what gives you failure is 
success is going to school, getting a good education, saving your money, penny pinch, working hard for 30, 40 years at a big corporation. You know, if you want to make more money, go get a master's degree or Ph.D. And if you want a part-time job, go to UPS and FedEx. That's what a lot of people, most of the people you talk to, says is success because that's programming. That has been conditioned in our mind for years over and over. Now, I know it's somebody on the call that, well, that ain't me. And my people don't. When I say the most people, I'm talking, I'm not saying every, nobody is going to be 100% on anything. So, yeah, you, you, you might be different. Your family might, you might know some people are different. But across the board, everything I talk to is, is about across the board. It's, it's not it's about, you know, what most people, and that's what we're dealing with. Most people feel that that's, that's success. And they feel like if they don't have it, it's failure. You know, I talk to people all the time that they feel like it's a lot of people who work this industry of home-based business industry hard or harder because they don't have a college degree and they figure they missed out on something. I don't think they have. <laughs> but society has made people feel that way, make people feel insecure about their life if they don't have that degree. You know what I'm saying? It, it really makes you – know, look – I think about my whole my whole career. I haven't shown my college degree to nobody. When I interviewed at AT and T, they didn't see it. I don't know if they went and pulled it. But they couldn't have. You know why? <laughs> you know why they couldn't have when I interviewed AT and T because I hadn't paid off my my loan, so they was holding my paper anyway. So <laughs> if they called it, they might have said, "No, nah, he ain't got no degree." It was a year later before they gave me mine because I still owed them. They was, they shook my hand when I walked across stage and gave me a blank folder. Hey, <laughs> so, so, but uh, I mean, every job I've had, I don't. Nobody ever asked for that. You know what I'm saying? Not to say that you could have lied to them and didn't go to college at all, but you know. But I, I know. It's part of the mind that went, you know, they stayed a year or two and they was out of there, and I'm sure they probably got jobs. And I, I'm just saying society has made people feel, you know, certain ways. I put it that way. It's programming. He says the schools and the colleges teach practically everything except the principles of individual achievement. I mean, they do. I mean, we can have an argument about that for probably some scholars who think, that that's that because they think okay most people think individual achievement is you know um I got a job at uh at a uh, Xerox or Apple or whatever and I worked there for thirty forty years now that could be individual achievement for some people it might not for others like I posted today I think until our society goes to what makes you happy instead of what makes you rich it's always going to be hard because. People are going to always go with what makes them. You know, I think about what I did in the beginning. You know, I start, I don't know if I told you this, but I was, uh, well, long story. I wound up doing some stuff and loving these things that I'm doing now that I didn't, you know, that wasn't my thing. But I was, you know, looking at the money. And I think that's that's what feeds us. And uh, And the school system is not teaching you success they're teaching you what they say is success 
and they get it to you. Guess what? They give it to you at a young age that to a point you have to start believing it. It's like telling a kid, you know, that's five or six years old that you're a millionaire. They don't know any better. They're going to say, oh, he's a millionaire. So whatever the school system told us at a young age and when our parents, we believed all of that. So that's what's programmed in us. And so we think what achievement is, individual achievement is, you know, get this degree and go get a good job. He said they require young abstract knowledge, but do not teach them what to do with this knowledge after they get it. Mm-mm. Go down to the placement office and see if you can get a job. The world is in need of a practical understanding philosophy of achievement, organized from the factual knowledge gained from the experience of men and women in great universe in the great university of life. So he's saying the experience that you from people who've lived their life, who've had success, who's had failure, that's the great that's the education. That's the knowledge. It's not it's not that professor in school that's teaching from the business book that's never been in business. That's never been in business. That's like somebody who gets on this call, takes the information I give, never done it, never used it, don't know what they're doing, and now they're out here trying to sell it, and which people do. But they don't know what they're talking about because they never lived it. He says the world's in need of that. They needed someone with some factual knowledge gained from the experience of men and women in the great university of life. In the entire field of philosophy, I found nothing which even remotely resembles the sort of philosophy which I have in mind. We have few philosophers who are capable of teaching men and women the art of living. Just not. He says, it seems to me that there, that here is the opportunity which should challenge an ambitious young man of your type. So he's, Carnegie is telling, you know, um, that this is what you should be doing. So you need to be out here meeting these people. He says, but ambition alone is not enough for the task which I'm suggesting. The one who undertakes it must have courage and tenacity. The job will require at least 20 years of continuous effort, doing which the one who undertakes it will have to earn his living from some other source. So it's like you got your job, you have your job, you got money coming in, but now what you're about to do is learn how to live and learn how to be successful. He said he says it takes twenty years once he interviews all these people. I'm telling you, if you have a part time business, a home based business, and you got another source of income which is your job, and you sit here and grind this thing out, it ain't gonna take twenty years. It might take you five of not having success. Might take you seven, might take, but see, we don't want that. <laughs> we want, <laughs> see, one thing about Hill at the time, I guess he was traveling around meeting all these people. He wasn't in competition with nobody. So you start in a home-based business or something, now you're in competition with everybody. So now here it is, three years gone by or two months gone by, or six months gone by, and you're not diamond, and everybody else is diamond, or you're not triple diamond guru, and everybody and other people are doing that, and you're not, so you quit. 
You don't listen to this information and say, well, I'm just going to grind this thing out. I'm a, I got another source of income coming in, and I'm going to learn. I'm a, No, you quit. Or, you know, not only – not this is what you do. Instead of quit, you just stop doing the things you've been doing, and you – and you stay, you'll listen to a call, you get on here, you might get the book like you're doing and all that. And then three years later, you'll say to me and to the world, to your neighbors and everything else, man, I've been doing this thing for three years, and I ain't, I'm not making any money. Or they're going to tell you that. Your neighbor's going to tell you that. But you're not going to tell your neighbor, uh, no, I haven't been doing this for three years. No, i kind of been like doing it. i kind of been like... Every now and then on the call, I miss a few of them. I kind of been like every now and then talking to people. I kind of been like, see, I never met anybody who said that to people. And I'm not saying people haven't. I'm saying I haven't met anybody who said that over my years. I'm saying, and then people take this and they, they run with it, boy. That's see, that stuff don't work. You know, Frank was over there for three years. Yeah, that's it. Frank was over here. Frank Frank didn't, didn't talk to five people a day. Frank didn't do what he was supposed to do. Frank didn't read every book suggested. Frank didn't get on every call that was suggested. Frank didn't do all you know, Frank didn't do all of that. And see, what you all think is, no, Frank don't have to do all that. And you think you don't have to do all that. And I think you do. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you that you do. And if you don't, you're not going to make it. And I've never seen anybody else prove me wrong anyway. I've seen people prove me to where they go and get to a title and then they fall off. But I had not seen people sustain themselves and live a life without doing the stuff that we suggest on a regular basis. I just hadn't. Are there exceptions to the rule? Yeah. But I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what the exception to the rule is. Let's go with. Let's go with the thing that most a lot of people don't want to do. Well, first of all, people don't want rejection. But a lot of people don't want to read. A lot of people don't want to get on conference calls. A lot of people don't want to watch audios and videos. A lot of people don't want to program their mind with that kind of stuff. That it's a lot of don't want to do it. Don't want to stay consistent with it a lot. So then you say, well, there's other people out here who don't do that, and it could be. But let me tell you what they do do. Do do. Let's see. Let's tell you what they do. They work their ass off. See, if you're gonna work your ass off, you don't have to do none of that. <laughs> if you're gonna talk to people all day, bring people into business, deal with rejection all day long, and just do it, you ain't got to read nothing. You don't have to do anything. But the problem is you're not doing that, and that's why I suggest the reading. That's why I suggest the audios. That's why I suggest everything we do to get your butt to moving. But I talk to too many people who think that, oh, yeah, I missed that. Oh, that ain't important. Oh, yeah, I got that. Yeah, that ain't that. And, and think that they're going to win by doing that. And don't have that beast mode work ethic that somebody else could name. Somebody could name, well, this person here, shh. Before the before the pandemic, I knew guys that would drive ten hours to 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 a city, get on an airplane, fly three hours, go back and get in the car, drive. I know guys would do that. I know guys that would go and move, stay in different cities and do stuff. See, you don't see them 
behind the scenes, you only see them when they walk across the stage. <laughs> you don't see that work ethic that was put in. <laughs> Shoot, if you're doing that, yeah, you ain't got time to do nothing else but grind. But your conversation going to be different. Your thought process going to be different because you don't have any new information coming in. So he's like, look, I'm giving you an assignment that you got to figure out how to eat, you know, because this ain't going to pay you for a minute. So I'll be, you'll be smart if you take it. Now in the notes it says, 20 years of labor which with no pay and possibility, no recognition. <laughs> that right there, really, <laughs> that right there. Maybe if y'all got, if you got recognition more, 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 maybe that might, <laughs> the pay might not, but no recognition. <laughs> this guy got no recognition. How would you respond to this offer? As he discusses below, he'll accept Carnegie's challenge and with the letter of introduction from Carnegie set about interviewing the giants of the time. Theodore Roosevelt, Thomas Edison, John D. Rockefeller, Henry Ford, Alexander Graham Bell. Who's this other guy? King Gillette, founder of Gillette Safety Razor Company. King Gillette, what is that? Was that his first name, King? <laughs> I had to Google that. King Gillette and many others. His effort uh, ultimately culminated in publishing. I know this guy that was in, a, was in another company. <laughs> He named all his sons Mr. <laughs> so he said, he was saying to these other folk, y'all going to call my kids Mr. Everybody with the first name <laughs> Mr. Mr. Junior, <laughs> Mr. Senior. <laughs> I mean, everybody was Mr. I think everybody five of them. Uh, so <laughs> you calling my son Mr. I don't care what you say. Um, but he says efforts ultimately culminated in publish I mean publication of several books. Several books. Oh, I'm gonna check my text message. I hope y'all ain't texting me. So I don't hear you. <laughs> um his effort ultimately culminated in the publication of several books, including the eight volume Law of Success and Think and Grow Rich. After more than twenty five years of research, Think and Grow Rich is widely rec- widely recognized as um, the seminal work in self-development, introducing essentially all the principles that continue to serve as the foundation for the teachings of the personal development gurus of today. As reflected in Hill's own description, the process of developing and publishing Think and Grow Rich was itself a study in principles he revealed. It may be telling that, that the manuscript of Outwitting the Devil was written the year after Think and Grow Rich. And they didn't, they didn't come out for years. All right, so let's move down some. He says, if you undertake this job, you should interview not only the few who have succeeded, but the many who have failed. You should carefully analyze many thousands of people who have been classified as failures, and I mean by the term failures, men and women who, are, who become to the closing chapter of life disappointed because they did not obtain the goal which they had set their hearts upon achieving. As any consistent, as Inconsistent as it may seem, you may learn more about how to succeed from the failures than you will from the so-called successes. They will teach you what not to do. And see, 
over my years, 25 of doing this, with 30, I say 37, because I want to put corporate America in there too. What I found out is that if you monitor the, the people who fail, which I have, I've seen it, you know, you learn a whole lot more. But here's the thing. Uh, you have to monitor and know because people will lie. See, I, I know for years I believed people when it came to this business, and I would believe that they were doing certain things, and then I realized they wouldn't because it's easy to lie about it. It's easy to say I'm going home doing this. It's easy to say I'm reading the book. It's easy to say those things. But when you watch and see, and I question people a lot just in conversation, you know, I might ask you a question, you know, don't even ask another one, just in conversation just to see. And I've seen over the years that the reason most people don't, because you don't do the things suggested and you don't do it long enough. Because you feel like everything you've gotten in the, in the, in the box world that you brought up, that you came over here with is all you need. You feel like everything I've learned as a kid growing up, which I call the box, you know, everything that we that was taught from school education, the good job, work hard, go to the biggest church, you know, all that stuff. You know, all that stuff that you learn, you, in your mind, the conditioning is so strong that, you know, when you hear things in this world, you don't do it because it was never taught in the other world. And that's that's wrong. <laughs> it wasn't taught in the other world because they didn't want you to know it, and they know you didn't need it. Matter of fact, if, you, if it was taught in the other world, it would be an uprising. It would be literally a it'd be a rising in the streets because people would if people were actually reading certain things that you all read in that world that you grew up in. Oh. It would be rising the street. <laughs> they're not reading that. No, they're not doing that. They're watching sitcoms. They're watching reality TV. They're listening to Fox News and CNN and MSNBC. They're doing those things that, you know, on social media just hanging out. <laughs> they're not reading stuff like this and thinking, because if they did, oh, man. My uncle used to say this. He said if the middle class, uh, he used to say if the middle class Caucasians woke up, it'll be uh, it'll be fires burning all over the country. <laughs> it would be just insane. So, but they sleep. They're not reading. They're not. <laughs> they're not looking. He, every time I go to my uncle's house, he'd grab a book off the shelf, and I'd love to go by there when my aunt went there, and just be him sitting there. And he'll be sitting there with no TV on, nothing like that. I come in the house. He'll say, let me show you this. He'll grab a book off the shelf. He said, I ain't reading this. The folk don't even know nothing about this. And I didn't know about it. It'd be some deep stuff. He had to read it to me, but I'll sit there, and then we'll start having conversations. And he'll bring it up. He's a man. You go outside this door, they all sleep out there, man. Said, if they ever wake up. But they, you know, you being seduced, and that's why it's so hard when you start reading books like this, and you start opening your mind, and you start being around people. Like I told you, it's rough for me 
because it's hard for me to do a lot of things because I know how much foolishness is out here, how much foolishness is on television, how much, and I can't watch all. So it's hard for me to live in this world. And I know it, if you start doing that, I'm going to tell you that right now, it's going to get hard for you. You're not going to be, if you still just, you know, I'll leave that alone. But I'm just saying, you know, it's just, it's, um, <laughs> There's a whole lot of people sleep out there, man. I mean, straight sleep. Straight sleep. And you can't go to them, you know, with this book or anything else and say, hey, you know, you can't. Because they're going to look at you like, oh, they brainwashing you. Yeah, <laughs> they brainwashing you, man. You know, you need to say, yeah, my brain needs some washing. <laughs> but... Oh, man. I tell you, um, let me read a couple of more, then we can wrap it up. So he says, uh, along, along toward the end of your labor, if you carry it through successfully, you'll make a discovery which may be a great surprise to you. You will discover that the cause of success is not something separate and apart from the man. That is a force that's so intangible in nature that the majority of men never recognize it, a force which might be properly called the other self. The other self. And he says, now, noteworthy is, is the fact that the other self seldom exerts itself in influence or makes itself known, excepting at times of unusual emergency, when men are forced through adversity and temporary defeat to change their habits and to think their way out of difficulty. See, when you that's why I want that's why I want a lot of y'all guys to be in a position where I mean you forced to do what you you got to do. You know what I'm saying? You got to learn this stuff on your own. You got to do just be that person. Grow up. See, when you depending on others all the time, you can't grow up. You're not going. You got to be that person through adversity, through temporary defeat. To you know, you got to figure out as the guy said them how to make this dang thing work. Think your way out of difficulty. You know how you tell your child, I want you to go out there into the world and learn. You know, go out there and make some mistakes, fall down, learn. He said, my experience has taught me that a man is never quite so near success as when that which he calls failure has overtaken him. You know, I'm done, man. I'm tired. I've tried these things. They don't work, and I'm going to do, you know. He says, you close to success. Now, again, if you literally done what you said. <laughs> See, what I've learned over the years that 90% or 95 of y'all are not. Y'all, you're not. you saying that. You sound that way. You're saying that, but you're not. And see, when you live my life, it's, that's why that's why I sound like a cynic all the time. Because if you were in my shoes, and you think about the lies you tell, the little lies you tell about what you're doing in the business. Think about that. And you've heard that for 25 years. <laughs> that's why I say, well, you a positive cynic or you positive nigga. You think you have to be in my shoes to think about how many people I, I believe to said that. Because everybody I talked to, somebody told me that last night, don't put me in that category. Well, hell, <laughs> so you think everybody has, oh, 97% of people over the years that said don't put you in the category. And then now you go doing it. You're in that category. That's why you rarely see somebody probably that's been doing it as long as me 
still doing trainings and stuff, they'll let somebody like y'all keep doing trainings. That's what you should be doing because you still you still believe some of the lies that people tell. <laughs> you ain't you ain't been skinned up enough to <laughs> you ain't been got your hopes up enough to go out there and, and go and then you find out these people that quit you know, you just stayed around long enough to help them and they gone. You you hadn't gone through that yet. You gotta go through that. That's why some of y'all need to take control and just you you go through that stuff so then you can come you come back to me ten years from now and say, Big Chief <laughs> Big Chief, I see what you, I see what you were saying. <laughs> My eyes have seen the glory. <laughs> you come back to me. I'll be sitting somewhere up on a mountaintop or some, you know, so I guess smoking some ganja or something. You come back. <laughs> I've heard all the lies that people have told me. I see what you're saying now. I'll be like, I'll be like. Take a seat, <laughs> young grasshopper. Take a seat. <laughs> and then I'm going to say, read this book. <laughs> read this book right now. <laughs> I mean, like, I, it's like, I'll never forget when um, uh, this lady on the team uh, back in the day, this was 10, 15 years ago, her son, I think I told you all this story before. Her son was like seven or eight. He said she was selling these products. We was in um, with the noni juice, and he said, "He said, Mom, I'm gonna go out in the neighborhood, and I'm gonna knock on doors, and we gonna sell, I'm gonna sell this noni for you." <laughs> she, she called me. She called me when he. She said, "Guess who going out in the neighborhood?" I said, "Who?" <laughs> Boy, he was so hyped. He was so positive. He came back. She said he came back about two hours later, shirt all wrinkled up, sweating. He couldn't have been no more than you know eight years old or something. Because she think about it. If it's an eight year old knocking on the door, you ought to at least help out an eight year old or seven year old or something like that. He came back. She he told her, "Mama, these folks don't want nothing out here. These They ain't trying to make no extra money. They don't want no product. These people out here don't want nothing, mama. They, they it didn't take him long to figure that out. It didn't take him long at all to figure it out. So, um, <laughs> so all right, so the other self, no word, the fact that the other self seldom exerts itself in influence and makes it known except the time during a use of emergency. When men are forced, you know, like if you forced to, you know, you heard stories of people picking cars off the up off the kids because the mother does that because nobody's there to help and the kid is dying, you know, stuff like that. Then all of a sudden, that that uh, other self shows up. He said, "But my experience has taught me that that man is never quite near success. The ones who get to that close, you know, you know, when you've gone through everything, you struggled, you struggled, you struggled, you struggled. You right there." He says, he thinks accurately, and with persistence, he discovers that the so-called failure usually is nothing more than a signal to rearm himself with a new plan or purpose. Most real failures are due to limitations which men set up in their own minds. If they had the courage to go one step further, they would discover their error. Just one step further. All right, folks, that's it today. All she wrote, pen and the pencil broke. Man, hope y'all got the book. Hope you start reading. You know, I, I say that all the time again. And then I hear people that 
literally tell me, like in the last book, I've said it a hundred times on the call, and they, they say, I never got that book. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, we've been, we're like two months into the call. That means we've done eight, nine book club calls, and I'm still on there saying, man, y'all got to get this book. Y'all got, you got to order your book. Have you ordered your book? Have you ordered? Then I have people tell me, no, I never did. I said, you on a book club call? Yeah. <laughs> see, that's why you got to have your mindset right. Because, your, your, see, y'all ain't experienced that yet. A lot of y'all going to get to that point. You got to be ready for that because it's like, that's why I laugh and giggle so much. Y'all say, well, why you always, bro, to keep from crying, to keep from crying, to keep from crying. It, it has to be just, you know, I, I have to say this has to be funny. It has to be just to keep from crying or or snapping and going off on somebody. So you should be glad that I'm giggling and laughing and all this other stuff because it, it, it be, I'm crying or I done went off on somebody, and which I shouldn't have. So how, you know, how y'all drink y'all wine and... And you know whatever you do to to loosen up, let me let me laugh a little bit, let me cry a little bit. I mean, let me uh, giggle a little bit. <laughs> I cry too sometimes. <laughs> let me have some fun. Let me okay. Let me give y'all some music to pick from. I'm gonna do that today, Saturday. I usually on Saturday I'm gonna give you. This is not a part of the regular contest, but you guess what? The contest starts new on Monday since uh, Sonya won, which means she can't be on the contest anymore. Eric won. He can't be on there. Um, who else was Faith? She can't be on there. So I'm giving. I'm just trying to give y'all guys a chance to win. That's all. You know, can't, I'm giving y'all a chance to win. So <laughs> your turn starting on Monday. But today, let me see. I'm gonna pick a slow song. Do something slow this time. Y'all never had done that. Somebody texted me the other day. Sylvia talking about do some ballads with Luther. I'm like, if I did Luther, everybody knows Luther. It's gonna be who can text the fastest. I'm trying to do something that, you know, that was cool, but everybody, you just kind of think about it. You don't want to do, dog. just, I can do Luther and Earth, Wind, and Fire and the Commodores, and everybody know those groups, you know. Well, some people know them, or, or if I do the the, the, the Beyonce's and all that, everybody know that. I mean, what, now we're going to just be like, who can text the fastest? If at least she says, who can Google the fastest, because some of y'all, <laughs> Some of y'all Googling. <laughs> I don't believe that. I do not believe y'all Googling. I do not believe that. I believe that you all are straight up and fair. I don't I don't believe our squad does that. Nobody in our squad does. That. I just don't. Not you guys. Y'all guys are straight up. Alright. Here we go. If you listen to this, you can easily get the answer. Dog, I'm just giving you all kind of stuff. All right. <laughs> you ready? Here we go. Uh-uh, he don't deserve you, deserve you. He gonna regret that he hurt you, hurt you. <laughs>
Marte. Then these names I got coming in. What are y'all? Baby? <laughs> Renee called it. The name of the song is Baby, Ashanti Baby. All right? So <laughs> somebody else said, ride with me. <laughs> All right, Tammy. I'm going to get that to you, but we got to have a conversation. <laughs> oh, baby, I'm so far. 